Welcome to Northeast Farm Midwest. My name is Jonathan Jones. I am here today with one of my good friends, and his name is uh, Mackenzie Tittle. Mackenzie Tittle. Mackenzie, it is good to have you here today. Thank you. It's good to be with you today. We just got done doing a little Bible study, which was rousing, wasn't it? <laughs> As always. <laughs> As always. So, so we're going to talk. Uh, a little soccer today. Before we do, I always give everybody a few minutes. Mackenzie, um, if you want to share a little bit about who you are, a little bit of your testimony, whatever you want, the mic is yours. So tell us, who is Mackenzie Tittle? <laughs> and then I'll fill us in a bit, maybe a little bit of how we met, or you can do that. Go for it. Sounds good. Uh, well, I'm originally from North Carolina. I moved up to Maine with my wife, Hannah, about four years ago. Um, and I just always grew up playing soccer and, and loving soccer and it's been a pretty challenging thing um, over the past decade or so as I wrestled with faith and sports um, in both the college setting and then now coaching in a public high school. Um, but I've just always uh, felt like soccer had a special place in my heart, both as a player and as a coach. That's awesome. Amen. I love it. And do you mind just sharing a little bit of your, um, of your testimony? Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I did not grow up um, in the church or in a... Um, uh, Christ-worshipping family. Um, so I was exploring churches in high school um, and over time was just convicted by my need for a savior and, and the realization that although I had a lot of uh, friends and, and loving family members, um, none of them were filling the, the void in my heart that I came to the thankful conclusion that, that only God could fill. Amen. And I am so glad you did. And um, I would, as I share here on the podcast, would love that for every single one of you that listen. So we have that in common. We go to the same church. Uh, we ran into each other a couple years ago, and I think we've become pretty good friends. Our family spent quite a bit of time together and here at our church, and we enjoy soccer. I'm, I'm not near the soccer player Mackenzie is, but uh, I played soccer a little bit over the years. So I thought it would be kind of nice to do an interview related or focused more on soccer. So we're going to have some fun. Not that what we were doing earlier isn't. <laughs> But I'm going to ask him a few questions, and I, I think what I'm going to do to give you a minute to think about it, Mackenzie, is I'm going to start with um, with coaching and just some things that, uh, why don't you be my coach? And let's see, maybe we'll have some parents that listen, and you just say, hey, here's some things that kids uh, can be working on at home, some things like that. And then maybe you can talk through a little bit. Mackenzie coaches at one of probably arguably maybe the premier soccer school in our state. Um, he's uh, the, uh, the JV, correct? Mm -hmm. He does the JV team at Lewiston High School. And so Lewiston's putting out, up here where we live in the Northeast, probably some of the better soccer players in our area. And we have a couple of guys that they may even make national teams or they may end up on some other national teams as well. Uh, we have quite a, quite a mixture in Lewiston. And so it's exciting to have somebody working in that kind of echelon. But you know, I've got a couple of kids in my house, you know my girls. You know, maybe there's a parent out there or some kids and, and they just want to know how to be a better soccer player. Um, mm. What would be some things that you'd say, you know, hey, look, here's some things you can work on with your kids or you're, you're a kid, you're a teenager, you know, maybe you're in college. These are just some basics that you need to be working on to improve your game. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is both parents and coaches that we have to remember is that we are coaching kids. Um, and as long as kids are enjoying it and kids are feeling like their passion uh, for whatever they're doing is nourished, they're going to have that drive and that desire to, to improve and to explore and um, just to really continue to seek out opportunities to play the game. I think it's not really different from, from parenting or from teaching um, young people or even ourselves anything in that 
it's really the, the little things that add up and, and building the right habits and just reinforcing those habits with opportunities to practice and, and to engage um, against like-minded peers. Mm-hmm. Good. I like it. So what, um, when you coach kids, you know, whether it's at the high school level or other kids, what are some of the things that you see, uh, you know, everybody wants to kind of be like messy or let's see, we got a guy in America that's pretty good right now, right? We're pretty big mm-hmm. fans of his. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, some other really good players. What are some things you, you see that you say, okay, it's great that you can do that, but these are things that basic skills that you just need to be working on uh, when you're playing soccer. So what kind of things would you teach? Yeah, well, I always try to, I don't want to squash, you know, the, the creativity or the, the flair um, that some young players naturally have. But at the end of the day, uh, that special skill set doesn't mean anything if, if you don't have ball control and if you can't play accurate passes and if you're lost in your movement off the ball. Um, so I try to focus on little things like getting your first touch out in front of you or um, correct form when you're striking a ball or, or playing a long pass. Okay. So uh, I didn't go over all of these questions with Mackenzie before, so nice job hitting them out of the park, <laughs> brother. <laughs> but, you know, here's another one, and maybe this, this is helpful for me. So if you were talking, you know, I'll ask you this question from me, but just in general. If I said to you, hey, you know, I want to point my kids to some soccer players that are someone they could emulate. Um, who would be some people? I mean, we've got YouTube now. I mean, these kids can go out. But, yeah. if, but you know, some bigger names. Who would be some people in different positions around the world that you might say, look, these are some guys, some women, whatever it is, that you need to go watch because this is ultimately what really good soccer players do? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's going to be different for every kid um, because the kid is going to want to pick somebody that they personally relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that in mind... Like growing up as a striker and, and training as a striker for most of my life, uh, Harry Kane mm. uh, for Tottenham and for England was always a player that I struck to, to emulate because he wasn't the fastest guy on the pitch or um, naturally the most gifted in, in I think a lot of the ways that we think of natural athleticism, but um, he was exceptionally intelligent and his movement off the ball was uh, second to none and he just trained his ability to, to finish and to score goals at such a rate that I mean, he could achieve something like receiving the Golden Boot Award um, yeah. at the last World Cup. So just a fantastic player. Yeah, he just scores goals. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's cool. I would not have thought of him off the top of my head. But yeah, he's just like, wow, what a player. So who's, you know, if we're kind of looking a little bit into McKenzie here, who are some of the people that you've looked up soccer-wise? Um, I know for me, when I was growing up, I loved Alexei Lalas. Who didn't? That's way <laughs> back in the day. Clint Dempsey, I was a big fan mm-hmm. of as far as U.S. soccer. And, you know, way back we had Maradona. I don't know if you remember him. Okay. And then getting to recent days, I've become a big Messi fan. I know some of you don't like it. Well, deal <laughs> with it. I think, uh, my, in my opinion, and this isn't, doesn't mean much, but I think of the days I've seen soccer, I've never seen a more complete player, at least in the sense of the offensive side of the game than Lionel Messi. The guy is just, he's unreal. I mean, there's some other really good ones out there. (laughs) But I'll tell you who else, um, oh, his name's slipping my mind, plays for for, uh, Spain. And, uh, but anyway, his, his name will come back to me later. But those are a few names. There's a lot more out there. But who would some of those be for you, Mackenzie? Some of the people that you look up to and you'd say, hey, these are my favorite players. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've grown up a, a lifelong U.S. men's national team fan and, and Liverpool fan. So Steven Gerrard was kind of the guy who was, I think, 18 when I started watching soccer and, and just retired a few years back. But 
I love Steven Gerrard and his work rate and uh, just the evident leadership abilities that he exhibited uh, mm. both on and off the field. Uh, Dempsey was one as a, as a U.S. soccer fan. How could you not love Messi and yeah. or, uh, Dempsey? And just yeah. one of those guys who who always really left his uh, his heart on his sleeve and right. um, brought a lot of success to the U.S. men's team as a result of that. So yeah, he did. Yeah, there's a lot of good players out there now, though. So I'm you know. Anyway, yeah, I I thought that uh, I thought it's just good to think through. There's so much, especially today. It seems like there's a lot more really good soccer players out mm. there. Maybe it's just that we know about it more than there used to be. And in fact, yeah. Mac and I were talking back a few minutes ago um, about the fact that I still get confused on all of the <laughs> the football. Now we call it soccer here in the states, but the football overseas with the whole English, not the national team, but the whole way the FA Cup and all that works. And uh, can can you explain that again? Are you good enough <laughs> to explain that or not I, really? I can try. It's, it's a lot to track, but um, so basically, this is going to differ a little bit depending on which league you're watching and and who your favorite team is. But as a Liverpool fan, you got the Premier League, which is going uh, more or less consecutively for for 38 weeks out of the year, and then within that, you've got different cups and competitions that Liverpool as a team uh, hopefully is competing in every year. Recently, has been competing in every year, so that's. The FA Cup and, and what's currently called the Carabao Cup, just depending on who's sponsoring the, the tournament. Um, but those are both tournaments within England that take place um, amongst teams in the various different divisions in England, um, which I think is different for a lot of us here in the States because like we have major league and minor league sports, but it's not like England where you've got 10 or 11 uh, divisions and there's uh, overlap between teams getting promoted and relegated between each division. And then in addition to that, Liverpool competes in uh, a European-wide championship. Um, at the highest level, that's the Champions League. If you don't qualify for Champions League, then the kind of the second best tournament is the um, Europa League. And so they're simultaneously competing in the Premier League in England and two English Cups and also a European-wide championship. Uh, if they win the Champions League, then they might play in the FIFA Club World Cup. And then, of course, most of these top-notch players are competing for their national teams as well. So it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine he did that whole thing without taking a single breath? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But, yeah, I mean, it's so confusing. I, so part of the reason I brought that up was I, I do have to throw some shade your way because your Liverpool beat my <laughs> Man City. I'm a Man City fan. And for those of you that are listening to this normally that get your uh, little devotion from Northeast by Midwest. Welcome to the soccer world. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm a Man City fan. For whatever reason, I just didn't want to do Man United, Manchester United. You know, It seems like most people I know are either Man United or Liverpool. Mm. And I actually almost chose Liverpool, I think, right before I met you. But I knew a couple other people, and I just felt like Man City needed some more fans. And then they <laughs> go and win their first year. So yeah. I do have to say, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon. But... <laughs> Liverpool beat Man or Liverpool beat Man City uh, last weekend, right? In yep. the FA Cup. And so I was trying to ask McKenzie, like, what's the difference between that? And it, it, the best way I can understand it, it's almost like for us, the NFL or the Major League Baseball has all these different things they play in, and there's a lot more teams than what we have. Um, and it's pretty exciting. So for those of you that aren't uh, soccer fans at all, but you, you do like sports, you should check it out because uh, the best soccer in the world is pretty much played over in England, you know, at least as far as clubs go. So, all right. So now we're going to get to the fun part. How's that? Everybody's wondering, or maybe no one, but we want to know, 
We want to know what Mackenzie and I we're I, we're going to put us both on the spot. We're gonna we're gonna make our World Cup picks. Do you mm. think we can hold on to this? Oh, so yeah. we're gonna have to come back at the end of the year, and we're gonna have to own it. Yeah. Um, so. I, I was thinking, you know, I, I'm not much for doing wagers or bets, so we won't do that. But how about this? We'll just be man enough at the end of the season to come back uh, at the end of the World Cup and see who was closest. So I was thinking to myself, maybe the way to do this would be to see if we could agree on what we would say would be the top 10 teams that are in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, we'll both pick our champions. Yeah. Obviously, I'll have Mackenzie pick his so that I can just join him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I just tease it. So, but before I do that, you have a blog and what's your blog called? It's uh McKenzieTittle.com. There you go. McKenzieTittle.com. So you want to check that out. Mackenzie likes a lot of different things. Uh, he's big into the Lord of the Rings. You like to read. You like, uh, and you're a Tolkien fan, right? Oh yeah. Love yeah. Tolkien. I, I do too. I think I'm maybe more of a C.S. Lewis fan, mm. but that's okay. They're both, they're both Yeah, they're yeah, both they great. Are. So, but Mackenzie does a great job. So you can go out and check out his blog and on his blog, you're doing one of these teams every week, right? In yeah. the World Cup. So so that's good because I don't even think I know all 32. <laughs> well, actually, we only know, what, 30 right now, right? Yeah, still, 29, I think. I think 29. Three still for There's still three more coming in. So, But we're pumped as U.S. fans, right? Absolutely. And uh, I, without giving it away, because I'm going to let you do that, Mackenzie uh, has some, I think, maybe a little stronger belief than I do in the U.S., but <laughs> I am hoping he's right. So let's see. I'll let you start. Why don't you give me... If you had to, four or five teams that you're like, look, these are the teams I think will probably be staying at the end. And then I'll see if I can add a couple to it. And we'll try to come down with about 10. And then out of that, we'll try to pick our champions. I know you already have yours, but I'll let you share with us. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I think for me, I'd break it down this year um, in this way. So I think there's three teams that, at least in my mind, just stand out above the rest of the field. Um, Brazil and France, I think, are two teams that most people who sat down and had this conversation would identify as just two teams that one are playing in top-notch form um, and two just have the player depth needed to to excel at this level um, and then England is kind of the third team that I had in the mix I don't think that England has the the pedigree the track record um, maybe even for a lot of these players the experience at the World Cup stage but just on pure talent um, and just lineup if you go down that that England really top 18 players uh, even Brazil, I don't think, can compete with, with the level of talent in that squad. Yeah. So, I mean, you never know. One of the great things about the World Cup is that anything can happen, but I would be surprised if one of those three teams does not win it in the end. Um, past that, I think you've got really a wide-open field. Uh, Belgium has tons of talent, but again, hasn't really made it to that final stage before. Um, Argentina has a lot of ability, but I don't think some of the some of the depth um, that those other top four or five teams have. And then after that, you've got your your routine uh, offenders, you know, your Germany's, your Netherlands, your um, your wild card picks. You know, I don't think the the USA is, is far from that second tier of teams. I don't think we're quite there yet, um, but I think we're knocking on the door. Uh, Mexico hasn't been in great form, but they've they've made it to those later stages before. And then... There's always a team or two from Africa that uh, surprises the world when they shouldn't. You know, you've got teams like Senegal that have performed well uh, consistently and yet still aren't really on a lot of people's radar. Right. There you go. So he pretty much gave us the top 10. I don't even need to do any. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
So, all right, I'll let you think about your your final two. I know you already uh, already said that. Or is it easier to do final four than down to two? What's, we what's... can do four, yeah. All right, we'll do four. All right. So I'll go with four. I'm going to be the crazy one, okay? So I'll probably have to eat my um, eat my dust at the end of uh, end of the World Cup when it gets <laughs> done. But I'm going to go a little wild. Um, there's a team you mentioned, and I think Lukaku plays for them, mm. and that's yep. Belgium, right? Mm-hmm. I've always been a big Belgian fan. I love Lukaku. That dude can play. So I'm going to put them in my final four. I'm going to put the Netherlands in the final four. My part of my heart tells me I should say Spain because I just you never want to count the Spanish <laughs> out. Um, but I'm going to do the Netherlands. And again, part of this depends on all the breakdowns, right? They may not get there. Right, right. I'm going to do, those are going to be my two European teams. And yep. then I'm going to do my South American team. And I'm going to pick Argentina. Ooh. I know, big surprise to you, right? But I, you know, I know nobody thinks that they're going to beat Brazil. But they beat Brazil in, it, was it the CONCACAF or whatever they played? It was the Copa America. Mm. They beat them a couple yep. years ago. And I just think with it being really close to Messi's last time, magical things happen. And so I'm going to go with Argentina. I'm really struggling with my fourth team because I don't know all the teams from Africa, but I remember when the U.S. played Ghana a mm. couple years ago. They were they were tough. Yep. They are fast. They can strike. So I'm going to give my fourth team a team from Africa. I don't even know who. Do you know who the African teams are? But I just... You've got uh, Senegal. you got Ghana. You've got, I want to say Morocco qualified this year. You know what? I'm just going to go with Ghana. I'm already going crazy, so why not? So my four, I've got Ghana, I've got Belgium, I've got the Netherlands, and Argentina. So Mm. I'll come back for my champion, but there's my four. So who do you got? Wow. Well, that's a bold take. I won't won't discredit that. Um, Yeah, so like I said, I think France and and Brazil have to be um, two of the four. and then it gets tougher. Uh, I'm going to go with Argentina. Actually, I'm going to pick two South American teams. Um, traditionally, the European teams have struggled in World Cups that take place outside of Europe. Um, and with this one taking place in Qatar, I think that does give an edge to some of those nations that are a little more accustomed to competing outside of Europe. Um, so I will go Brazil, Argentina, France. And fourth one's tough. Um, I would love to see it be England. You know, you, I, I watch so many of those guys play in the Premier League year-round. But I just have a hard time picking England, uh, whether it's the fan base in England or just those uh, yeah. those pundits, man. They're, they put a brutal amount of pressure on their players. <laughs> they do. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Belgium against my better judgment. Belgium's that team that I've picked for, I think, two previous World Cup cycles now yeah. because they have the talent um, and they have not yet lived up <laughs> to it. But I'll pick Belgium as, as my fourth team. And I mean, you know, before before we get done, so we're gonna go a couple minutes over today, but that's okay. We got we got time to spare. I mean, there's some teams we left out. Germany's tough, man. Mm. They always are. They're oh, older, yeah. but they can play. Um, I mean, last uh, last go around, uh, you had France against Croatia. Yeah. And. I was telling Mackenzie, with everything going on in Ukraine, um, I would not count the Ukrainians out. It's They haven't even made the World Cup yet, for those of you that are listening, but watch them make the World Cup if they do, and watch them like run the table. Because when you have something like that happening, you rise to the occasion. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anybody else that's like a sleeper? I mean, you had France. I left France out, so the French really aren't going to like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like I said, the, the Senegal team's particularly strong, um, but it'd be, I think, a long shot based on previous 
um, stats to, to put an African team in the semifinal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was the only crazy one amongst us that stuck Ghana in. But, hey, you know what? I Do I really think they'll get there? I don't know. But uh, so my champions of the four I picked, oh, boy. And, again, the, these are the two. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Europe winning again. Mm. And uh, I keep going back and forth, but I'm going to go crazy. I think Europe uh, – Europe. <laughs> I think Belgium beats Argentina 3-2. to two. Mm. And uh, Messi misses the final goal with four minutes to go in the game. How's that? <laughs> Which I hate to. Yeah, I, for the, for the I, Messi would be, fan. <laughs> I would be rooting for, but I just think I think you're right. I mean, when I look at, uh, uh, you know, the, Argentina has a great top line, but they don't they don't seem to have a lot of depth. Mm. So, uh, which is kind of our problem on the U.S. side as well. We're not as yeah. deep, but anyway. So, who do you got winning the whole thing? Yeah, I've got Brazil over France, uh, two to one. I think clearly being a big Liverpool fan, you look at those names on Brazil, like uh, like Allison, like Fabinho. Um, I'm missing a, a one of our Liverpool Brazilians. Um, oh, Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Um, and you, as a Man City fan, right? We had a couple other Jesus, yeah. and uh, they're just they're too loaded for me not to pick them. Yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah. I, I am I am obviously the crazy one. So if uh, we're we're not here for betting or anything like that, but those of you that really want to know who to win, you probably want to follow Mackenzie. If you want to live a crazy life, then follow me. That's probably true just for most things, PJ. It probably is. <laughs> so, um, but uh, you know the reality is it's going to be a lot of fun, and we were talking about watching it. For those of you that want to watch the World Cup, it starts what. Is it Thanksgiving weekend or the weekend just, after? Just Thanksgiving? before, I just think. Just before. Yeah. So the games are going to be interesting because they're going to be like six to seven hours ahead of us. But mm. I just read an article, I didn't even tell you this the other day, that most of the U.S. games will be early in the morning, like okay. 6, 7, 8 a.m. So, yeah. um, so we should be able to watch some. We encourage you to watch it. You know, friends, a lot of times what happens because we live in the States is we get very involved with our own stuff. And mm. one of the things I love about the World Cup is it's the World Cup. You know, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, which is going on right now, they're all pretty much within country, outside of like a couple teams in Canada. We play a few games in England, or the NFL, I think, is going to Germany this year. But I mean, everything's here. And what's great about this is with sort of the melting pot the world's become, when it comes to soccer, most people, or as the world calls it football, they go back home. And so when the Ghanans come to play, they're not going to have guys from the U.S. playing on their team. I, you know, there's a few here and there. Yeah. But like the Argentines, guess who plays on their team? The Netherlands, they have people from the, you're right. You know, these right. are people that are born and bred. And so it, it really gives a lot of national pomp and circumstance. And our, uh, our star, we can't end without our U.S. star in America is who? Well, Christian Pulisic, yeah, the at least highest profile player that we have currently. But I mean, he's probably our best player, right? I mean, we're pretty close. Or would yeah, you... I mean, Gio Reyna's injury is is brutal because I think he would have been in that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully he'll he'll recover in time. But he's yeah, Pulisic's definitely if not the number one, then then one of those top three. All right, and so for America, you're thinking maybe we get into the top eight, huh? We might. Sneak yeah, in there. I uh, I think there's a prayer that we get into the the semifinal, but I think top eight's a realistic goal and would be a big achievement. Hey, that'd be huge. Uh, which means then when we come back in what 26, which mm-hmm. is here in the states, right? We can go watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping to get tickets. I think it's going to be down in Boston. That'd be awesome. And uh, you know maybe we have a chance finally to compete for a World Cup because since I've been alive, 44 years. 
We've never really had a chance. I mean, yeah. I, the farthest we got was what, the semifinals? Was it one time did we get to the semis? I think we technically got to a semifinal back in the 30s when there were only like right. seven teams competing. So I think, not... I think quarterfinals are, right, are, are the closest modern got, achievement. So, yeah. yeah, good. Well, that's uh, pretty much it for today. Um, I appreciate Mackenzie coming on, talking a little soccer. He's a, he's a very good soccer player, and it's great to see the ministry he has with that. In fact, I'll just say this is by that way, if you are happen to be in our area, the greater LA area here in Maine, uh, Lewiston, Auburn, we, uh, we do a soccer ministry every Friday night, right? And uh, it's really awesome because the nations kind of come. Uh, Mackenzie shared his testimony a few weeks ago. Actually, you, you taught us, uh, I think you shared a testimony a while back, same for me, and we're translating it either into Portuguese or Spanish. And so it's and there's some pretty good soccer going on, right? I mean, we don't yeah. have any of these, but we do. We have a couple of guys that have played some higher levels, and you you played uh, for quite a few years, so it's pretty exciting. And uh, we'd encourage you to go out, kick a soccer ball around, right? Enjoy it. It's a it's an easy, fun game, and it's finally exciting for me to see like America embracing soccer. Yeah, I love the other sports. I always <laughs> will, but uh, I'm I'll always be a big soccer fan. So. No, it's a it's a good example of that global perspective that you alluded to earlier, and just yeah. the idea that we can have you know five or six different languages and ten or ten or eleven different you know host countries, and everybody's just coming together to play some soccer. Amen. And you know, as we close, uh, the one final thing I was thinking about from a Christian perspective is you know the Bible talks about every tribe, nation, and tongue, and mm. so I always think the World Cup gives us just a little slice at what heaven will be like, um, yeah. you know, and all the different nations. And so that's pretty exciting, you know, when we think about uh, our mission to take the gospel and what, what God's doing around the world. So any final thoughts there, Mackenzie? No, just thank you for the opportunity to come on and chat with you and enjoyed it. Hey, it was my pleasure. And uh, we'll be back in, oh, what is it, six or seven months? With our either. <laughs> now, if one of us gets it right, then mm. maybe we'll have to have like a whole show call it bragging rights. How's that? <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. No, <laughs> at least I, not I, in doubt, my case. I doubt either of us will uh, arrive at that, <laughs> at that spot. All right. But, but hey, the fact that I think we had one team the same, so we have seven chances in 32. So that's not too bad, right? <laughs> you think that. <laughs> you think that. That's true. Watch. Uh, the U.S. is going to win it all, and we'll be yeah. so excited that we were, we were that wrong, right? So. U.S.-Australia final. All right. Well, for Northeast by Midwest, I'm Jonathan Jones. Mackenzie, thank you for coming on. God bless you.